This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Darren Moser. Darren, I'm... I- I heard you're working in the ship's morgue this week. That, I mean, that's got to be kind of a morbid place. Well, it, it is, but, you know, I thought I really wanted everyone to enjoy the morgue. I mean, nobody enjoys the morgue, and I felt that was a travesty. So what I did is I installed these servo actuators in the beds. So at random times when you're in the morgue, they're just going to sit up. It's going to be hilarious around Halloween. I just can't wait for Jean-Luc to see that. You know, that would uh that would explain all the transfers I've been getting from the nurses. Uh well, well I'm also joined by Security Chief Lieutenant Daniel Pru who well, you know Daniel it says you're you're in holodeck too. Wait a minute. You're not editing that goodbye message of yours again, are you? Well, you know, before he left, Chief O'Brien told me he records these things like twice a week. And I figured it was just because he was bored and had nothing else to do in the transporter room because that's not a very dangerous job, really. Um, but then I just kind of got addicted to it. And I, I want, you know, if I go, I want, you know, my news and, and all my affairs to be in order. So well, I have a bio bed ready to make you sit up, Daniel, when you eventually do kick the uh, proverbial bucket. <laughs> Yeah, the space bucket, or as we call it here at Trekit.fm, Odo's home. All right. Um. So as folks may or may not have gleaned, we're gonna be gonna be talking about a dark topic. I feel like I'm Tristan here. We're gonna be talking about a dark topic. Ah, oh, kidding. We're talking about deaths. Woohoo! Um. That's right. We're gonna be talking about uh, the deaths of characters in in TNG, and, and I'm setting out some ground rules. We're talking about real deaths, not like they came back thirty seconds not comic later book or. Deaths. Or the the next movie was the search for their dead body and spirit. You know, no, no. This is for real. They died. Period. End. Um, you get a and, holographic or, uh, tombstone. Like it's it's done. Exactly. Exactly. What did you learn from us? Anyway, so we're just we're just gonna go start. You know, here at Earl Grey, we go big. We don't go home. So we're gonna start with the big one first. Of course. I'm talking about, um, I don't have anything funny. I'm talking about Data. Star data? Trek Nemesis. Data? The death <laughs> of Data. So, you know, we can either talk about, like, you know, whether we, you know, thought it was appropriate, whether we thought it was handled well, what it meant to us, blah, blah, blah. Daniel, since you love this movie so much and you bleed <laughs> Nemesis Green, Data's death in the final TNG movie, what what did you think? Uh, well, we we did talk a little bit about this when we talked about Data. Um, 
I, I'm, I don't feel as strongly, I think, as a lot of fans do. A lot of fans kind of feel like Data should have died, and that should have been the end of his journey, and I don't really feel that way. Um, I, I don't mind if that was the direction that they're going to go, if that was the direction that they were going to go, but I think like a lot of people, I have a problem with the fact that they just couldn't actually commit to it. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it, man. Just go all the way. But then, of course, we got uh, backup plan number four, and, uh, you know, so Data's really undead by the end of the of the movie, unfortunately. Data's a zombie? Or is that basically a <laughs> Borg? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's adapted. Data's adapted. <laughs> uh, well, what about you, Darren? How Data's death, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, are we talking... Because in Nemesis, that's Data's third death. I mean, he died in, you know, the most toys... Which again, I know it's not like an actual death, like, but it, it, the crew didn't know that, you know, Picard didn't know that, uh, and everyone was like super sad. And then Time Zero, you know, we knew he was gonna die because we found his head, you know, with Mark Twain's pocket watch, and you know, that's a story for another time. But but no, but in in Nemesis, yeah, I kind of agree with Daniel. I I. I like uh, like they stated in the end of the movie, you know, they thought he'd outlive all of them. And I'm like, yeah, that's what should have happened. We should have seen Data, like, in the, you know, 26th century, like, Data 2 point, you know, or 5.0, whatever we call him at that point. And, uh, you know, I would have loved to see seen that. Uh, but, again, we get to retcon B4 and all that stuff. So, I don't know. It's It wasn't. It wasn't really a satisfying death, I guess, thematically, just because of the out they kind of gave themselves. Um, so, yeah, I kind of agree with, with Daniel on that. And you made me think of Looney Tunes when you said they were like, Data in the 249th century! <laughs> and, anyway. and you know what? If The thing is, he was in Starfleet for, like, what, th- at that time, like 35 years or something, and was something still a like lieutenant that. commander? Man, I would have been—I would have been pissed. Electronic ceiling. I'm telling you, is that what he whispered to Picard before he slapped the emergency transporter on him? He's like, "This is because you never promoted me." Boom! <laughs> so it's just guilt trip for the rest of Picard's life. I hate my dead end life. Bam. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, well, like, but, but it's, it's, it's sort of like the, the kiss of death. Like you're, you know, instead of like I'm going to retire tomorrow, it's like. Well, you know, I'm going to become first officer of the flagship tomorrow. I don't think anything yeah. could mess this. Nothing yeah. could go wrong. Tomorrow's <laughs> the last day before retirement. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah, oh, no, that's goodness. true. That's true. And and even Picard, he's well, like, I'm training my first officer. Wink. Yeah, let's see if he actually gets to day one on the job. <laughs> I know he didn't even need to get the red and the... F- you know the the promoted to commander and i think the next day he should have shown up with that beard he had for a moment (laughs) and been like i thought this was the standard uniform for first officers Uh, you don't get that until the second year data you have to earn it but then but then twist he peels off the the sideburns (laughs) and it's actually it's lore lore. (laughs) so lore becomes a commander before data does oh god yeah, we never saw where Laura went. Just saying. Or the goatee. That that. Why did that never happen? <laughs> uh, 
But you know, this is one of those. You know, it's. And I, I knew we talked about this before in our data episode, or or other places where it's like, okay, well, assume data had, you know, has, is going to die. You know, can we deal with that? And I think most of us said, you know, maybe if it was handled better. But I don't know. I always feel like, and I know I've probably said this before, that the death of a character is sort of an easy way out. And of course, you know, Enterprise did it and. These are the voyages, um, and then original series technically did it with Spock. Of course, then they fixed that. That was a movie. Um, I mean, that's kind of a different scope. Y- yeah, and then technically JJ Star Trek also did it, and then cheated it immediately. Yeah, but that was um, just a copy, a blatant ripoff. Yeah, but um, so I mean, you know, I I, I just felt like with data because I've heard I feel like Brent Spiner, and and this is me making this off the top of my head, so I may be wrong. The Brent Spiner had some a large role possibly in writing that um or working with the writers because i think he was a co-producer or something i may be making that up but anyway of the movie and anyway that he felt like oh yeah this totally makes sense that data and we're all like all the fans are like no that's (laughs) not what we that's not what we wanted (laughs) um so i mean i guess and i feel like we talked before but i'll just open this up again do you think well should any character have died in nemesis or and this data this sort of special character where it made sense for his journey so called to end that way again you know it, it really depends on the story that you're trying to tell I, I don't I'm not one of those people who like needs to see some heroic sacrifice all the time or like you know like you I just sometimes it's just like okay like we cannot do that like something bad can happen or or something we don't always. Like that's they. I think a lot of writers go to it as the ultimate dramatic thing, and it's like that. Okay, I guess maybe, but uh, no, I certainly wasn't. I would have been totally okay if they didn't go down that path and, you know, try to duplicate what Star Trek Two did, especially since Star Trek Two did it so much better. Yeah, I feel. I mean, I get, I get it that Brent Spiner felt it was okay to write in to that you know that part into the story but and and I do agree that an actor does should have some say kind of over the direction that a character they play especially one for so long goes but yet you know Brent's not the only one who created data I mean data was a, a team effort of the writers the makeup you know I mean obviously his performance so but yeah I but to, but to answer your question Philip I yeah I don't we didn't need a fire. We didn't need a serenity ending in, in, uh, oh, gosh. in nemesis. As the know. crew dies. Yeah. It's, you know, it, <laughs> and again, they chose the one with the undo button installed. It's like, you know, it's again, it didn't, it didn't ring true. It's like, and, and then if they, if they were going to kill someone, like realize that, you know, you're probably the last Trek movie. There's no series like in that timeline or time frame going on anymore. So it's not like, I mean, you could have killed Worf or something. And it's not like he has to show up on Deep Space Nine the next day. So you really could have done anything. But so either way. You know, and I do believe that, that Brent Spiner did have some influence. And I remember reading it was, he had taken issue with the fact that he was clearly aging and getting older and, uh, maybe a little bit wider waisted as well, and uh, you know, data is supposed to be data. He's supposed to be the same all the time, 
But that doesn't bother me. Like, they could have totally written an episode about that or, or something. A movie could have been about, like... This aging Daniel. subroutine. Yeah, he just develops an aging thing, and that's fine. Like, I have a gluten subroutine. <laughs> <laughs> that's That seems like a silly reason, I think, uh, in, in, in a universe like Star Trek, uh, to, for an excuse to do that. Well, and honestly, Brent Spiner stayed pretty fit for these last, you know, you know, the 30-odd years or whatever that he played Data. So it's like... You know, he, it, it's, I've seen other stars who look way different than they did when they started a role. Breaks, cough. I'm not S- dropping names. Certainly not Patrick Stewart. <laughs> no, except for Patrick Stewart, who looks <clears throat> exactly like. Something, um, something in my throat. Welcome to the episode where Earl Grey alienates any actors from ever <laughs> coming on our show in the future. Dwight Schultz looks horrible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I just pick up on what you said that, you know, self-sacrifice is the go-to. Because, yes, I mean, Spock, self-sacrifice, Trip, self-sacrifice. Like, well, that that defined their characters. I'm like, no, it didn't. I mean, like, they they're, them being good characters is what defines their characters. And so this whole, like, it completes data journey for him to kill himself, and that makes him fully human. I'm like, that doesn't make people fully <laughs> yeah, human. I, I never understood that. Time, that's not. I'm like, so does that mean every soldier is more human than anyone else here? Is that what we're saying? Well, they were for you a know, moment, no, that's but ridiculous. then they're dead. So thus, they're not <laughs> yeah. human. Yeah. So now they're space zombies. I mean, that's... Exactly. And then, and then how do you think, I mean, and we can talk before, but how do you think the characters handle uh, Data's death because we sort of have that you know the scimitar explodes and then I, it's it's not funny but it's sort of funny because like all the crews like watches explodes are like oh my gosh and then like Riker comes in like hey guys I just killed a Reman and Troy's like don't it's no shh, Data's dead so well but, but wasn't there a couple of the... moments where they think Picard's over there too because he he like is beamed to the back of the bridge and like, then they see it explode and then they realize he's there. Like, I'm sure there was a moment where they think both of them are gone. Mm -hmm. If I remember the last time I watched the movie, you know, a decade ago, but (laughs) I'm glad I'll never have to watch. Oh shoot. We got to do a movie review of that. (laughs) Glad my Um... podcasting job does not require that. I went, Oh shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Chronological. Um, But then, you know, they have that sort of uh, memorial, for lack of a better word, in, uh, I guess, Picard's quarters. Or I don't know if it's in Tin Ford. I can't remember. It's, it's been a while. Um, where it was, I think it, it was Picard's friends. quarters. Is that... yeah. 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 To absent friends. And, and off the it's the same room Picard. that they had that deleted scene that we all wish was in there. And it's it's like, I don't know. I guess it is. It's it was just a weird decision. Like I guess they were like, okay, we're splitting the family up. The team is is broken up. Everybody's going their separate ways, kind of thing. And we might can, as well kill Data. So we might. Why not? Well, somebody's <laughs> got to die, and Riker gets his own ship. And Wesley already left. We Wesley can't. shows up. <laughs> he shows up at the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Guy must die. And like, she regenerates. I've been, wait, I've been waiting for this. Like you know how long I live. I listen. I knew this was coming before you even knew this was coming. She pulls out that giant phaser rifle under the bar and just like <laughs> just shoots the ceiling. And I'm taking you all with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is level five. You want to see level twenty? 
Wait, but if if level forty seven, if Guinan were to j- to space jump to the scimitar, like she would need the biggest <laughs> space helmet ever, so that she or would she just wear her hat on top of her space? Helmet? She would just wear her normal hat like Mary Poppins, basically with the no, umbrella. I'm, I'm pretty sure space. she'd die in the vacuum of space, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying if she wore a spacesuit, would she wear a big helmet oh, so she could fit her <laughs> hat inside her spacesuit? Or would she wear her big space? If this was TNG, the animated series, then definitely <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, she would just have a. She'd press her hat, and like this field would go at, around her. Or it would like in pink lines. retract, and then when she got out, it would like pop back out, like those folding. Wait, are you saying you know, Guinan's hat is Inspector Gadget? <laughs> no, it's like those like uh, what's it called? Like the folding chairs, where like uh, where you twist it, and oh, yeah. it pops into a cylinder. <laughs> So it's like it's kind of like uh, a life raft where it'll just like you pull the string and it just goes <laughs> and it expands like crazy. And would she have a catchphrase? Oh, I don't remember a catchphrase. I just remember the cat claws. <laughs> oh goodness! So well, any I mean, and I don't know. Have we? I mean, this is gonna sound like a dumb question, but I'll ask it because this is a TNG podcast. Have we gotten over Data's death? I mean, I think that is one part that does strike me about Nemesis, because you'll watch you going, oh gosh, I know it's going to come, I know it's going to come, I know it's going to come. But, I mean, do you all like think like, nope, that's part of the canon, that happened, whatever happened after that, you know, everyone went their separate ways, and that's it. Well, what it, what it actually makes me think of is, is when Jadzia dies in Deep Space Nine, because in a way, that's harder. Because, I mean, yes... We'd had data for for seven you know seasons and and a couple movies at that point, but but Jadzia had been, you know, had been in six seasons, and then you had to experience the crew without her for the next season, and I think that's a big difference. Whereas you know Data died at the tail end of all TNG in a movie, so I guess. Uh, I don't really, in a way, I'm just like, okay, it, it, they wrote that he died, and, and you know, I, I understand that, but it doesn't really even impact me if that's canon or not, because there's really nothing after that. Whereas okay. if he had died, I mean, I'm, talk, I'm talking, not talking about the comics that link JJ-verse and, and, and TAG, but, um, and maybe there is more written, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but in, in my mind, I'm like, the TNG chapter, the TNG book has been closed. So it doesn't really affect me either way. So Darren's message to all the Enterprise fans is quit <laughs> complaining about these of the voyage. It doesn't matter if you die in the last episode. There's nothing else anyways. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> you picked up the subtext of that entire rant. No, actually, it was actually uh, aimed at Enterprise fans. <laughs> I'm actually kidding. I'm, I'm of course no, I know. But I actually agree with Darren. I, I, in the same way, like it upsets me when I watch it. But I don't dwell on it because, it you know, TNG in its entirety. That's not what Data would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, you saw the sun. We, <laughs> here we go. Because <laughs> we, you know, you like you were saying, we have every bit of TNG except for the last ten minutes of the of the hundreds of episodes in the four movies is with just Data. Tape so. over it. It's static. It's like Bambi. It's like you just watch the first half. <laughs> Well, you brought up Jadzia and how the crew had to deal with her not being there. Well, 
We did that on TNG. We had another character who we, we have not profiled yet, but we will in the future. Are you saying um, you Lieutenant... view a character dying and having to deal with it as being more of a TNG <laughs> thing? <laughs> yes. It's really a TNG trope. No. <laughs> um, but Lieutenant, Lieutenant Tashiar, of course, the security chief, Ooh. the original security chief on the Enterprise, uh, D. Um, of course, she was killed or died in a Skin of Evil in the first season. And, and we had to you know, did not appear for the next six point one rest of the seasons of TNG. Um uh at least that in that way. So um uh, Darren, since I did Daniel first last time. Um again it's kind of the same you can do whatever you want, but it's kind of the same questions. Was the death good? Did it make sense? How did it affect you? What'd you think? So Tashiar dying for reals well, and skin of evil. I know a lot of people have said, you know, with skin of evil they're like that it was, you know, like she says in yesterday's Enterprise, it was like a meaningless death. You know, not that it has to be this save the Enterprise, you know, uh, sacrifice. She was not at her moment. most human, like Data. But, but you know, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Skin of Evil. It's just, you know, I, I mean, season one has some great gems. I don't really see that as one of them. But I'd rather focus on, you know, the times we do see her after. So you have like yesterday's Enterprise, and I'm talking about actual her, not you know, uh, Cromulan her. Uh, but uh, but no, I really like what they do with the character in yesterday's Enterprise. Like it it and then all good things, you know, in the very end. So I I think yes, it was. I don't even say sad that her character left because it's just it was she was only there for so little. So it it wasn't it was hard to like be as impactful, um, but I did enjoy what they did. You know when they brought her back for those two episodes, I felt that continued the character in a good way and was a great thing that Star Trek can do. I mean, not all shows can say, "Oh, a couple years seasons later, I'm just going to bring back this character." You know, unless it's a comic book movie, um, which they do that all the time. Uh, but so I, I enjoyed her appearances in Best of Both Worlds and. Uh, Whoa, she was a Borg. You mean all good things? Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> you know whatever that that that, that ending the season episode. <laughs> yes. One of those. <laughs> yes, all Fourth, good seventh. I don't really keep track. Some would say all great things. That's right. But yes, all good things and yes, <laughs> Now, Daniel, we all know your love um, and admiration of this character because you mention her by name every podcast. <laughs> but what did you think Ooh. of 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 Yar's death? Yeah, yeah, you, you know, we'll get into Yar when we get into Yar. I mean, it, it, whether you're a fan or not, and, and I don't know how many super fans there are of Yar, um, the character certainly didn't have a lot to work with and didn't didn't have enough time to grow into anything. But like Darren said, I kind of get really annoyed when, you know, by this, again, I guess it goes back to the writers where they think that everything has to be wrapped in you know, meaning and destiny and subcontext and all of this stuff. Like, I actually really appreciate Skin of Evil. I don't, I mean, I don't think the episode's great. But I like that she just randomly gets blasted and killed because then it actually makes space seem dangerous. It's like, wait, whoa, wait a minute. Now, that's a, that's a serenity death. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it's just, it's the, it's the suddenness that hits you. There's no, like... I was going to say there's no meaningful last words, but technically there is because we like, we have that holographic, mes- holographic message. But 
the death is immediate. There's no going back. And I really appreciated that. I wish... You know, of course, in the original series, we had that with red shirts, but no one cared because we didn't know their names and right. nobody, whatever. Uh, and I, obviously, we know that she wanted to leave the show, so that's why it happened to her character. But I just, I, I just, I like the immediacy of it. I like that it's, it, they're, it's, they're not apologetic about it. She just gets shot and goes flying, and then is just dead, and they just, that's it. That's it. And it's people, not mostly dead. She's dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> people die in space, and it doesn't always have to be saving the ship. It can just be because you beam down to the wrong place at the wrong time, or you know you encounter a hostile alien, and they're just unhappy, and they kill you, and that's it. Curse you, O'Brien! You beam me onto this quicksand. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, I I agree with you, Daniel. Though it can go both ways about. You know, I mean, what other series does that of Star Trek? Like, yep, the main character just died. Oh, you mean, no, no, that's it. They're dead. Nothing coming back. No last words. No heroic phaser fight. No, just boom, they died. End of story. No other series did that. Well, maybe thankfully, no other series did that. But I will say, it. you know, this is first season two. And again, you could say it was because she was leaving, like you said. But I mean, that is pretty smacks you in the face. Like. What? This is before DVR. I can't go back and rewind. Well, and I mean, in a couple seasons later, I don't know how true he actually felt like this, but I mean, there were, I'm sure, some rumors that was is Patrick Stewart going to get written out, you know, with the whole best of both worlds. Like, the, the, it's a big cliffhanger, and you're stuck on the Borg ship being shot at by your number one. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, I'm thinking back on it now, and I'm like, yeah, that was the beginning of season four, where <laughs> Next Gen was, like, on the top of its game. There's no way they were going to actually kill off, you know. But they're performing the King Leah this summer. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, and and I guess let's talk about the after-death, or the after-death, <laughs> Freudian slip there, the aftermath of that death of Yar. Um, and again, I'm talking in world because who cares about background and the real stories? I'm talking about I'm talking about the fantasy fiction um, that you know we sort of have this you know memorial ceremony again. I, as we made fun of it earlier, like does everyone record a goodbye message? But anyway, it was it was touching and nice, and I like the music, so who cares about it making sense? Um, so I mean, we we do. She does get her moment in the sun, I guess, actually, literally and figuratively, um, there at the end, and then. Um, you know, she's not like we don't ever mention her again, obviously. Um, but, you know, legacy, as we talked about in our season uh, four. Um, and then, you know, uh, Worf takes over her position. And there's talk about that thing with him. Um, I'm trying to remember which episode. Oh, I think the most toys, actually. Because when Worf takes over Ops, when Data appears dead, then Troy talks to Worf like, you know, you've taken over for two people after their deaths. Mm. And so, I mean... You know that the her, her Troy or excuse me Yar's legacy does in some ways live on. So I you know that be called like continuity there, Philip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we have the uh, Yar hologram that Data keeps. Um, There's like a full size one just off to the left of the bridge, and she's just always standing yeah. there. Is her that a, dead is that a... eyes staring at Worf, judging his every action at tactical? <laughs> is, is that a fully functional hologram for Data as well? No, no, not on the bridge. Jeez. No, <laughs> well, he's got the midnight shift, right? Yeah, so. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's true. Is this he's the like, after dark? I am fully capable of handling the entire bridge without anyone else. He can Everyone, mo- please. He... 
Please leave. Please leave right now. I have to do something. And that's as far as we'll take that topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this isn't the ready room. You know, we actually... No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so any any final... Because th- again, like you said, we see her... And, and again, I, I mean, I'm glad we brought her back several times. And I know Daniel's glad we brought her back in other incarnations as well. Um, but, I mean, did you all feel like, you know, that legacy left lived on with Tasha Yar? Well, not only did they, you know, they brought her back, of course, in All Good Things and in uh, Yesterday's Enterprise, two of the greatest episodes of the sh- of the entire show. So, I mean, it, that really, I think, in my mind, helps bolster the character a lot because seeing her in Yesterday's Enterprise was great because that episode's amazing. And then seeing her, um, because basically she's just a reminder to people of what season one was like in All Good Things. And they just, they do it really smartly so... You know, it is. It's referencing back on itself. It's saying this is where we were. This is where we are. And you know, the future is open. And I think uh, it's they did it just enough where it makes sense in universe without being overbearing. Uh, but but they didn't. You know, they didn't go crazy. Um, so the the character remains mostly positive uh, post her death in my mind. Okay. Cool. Now, we're going to talk about another character who died, who's not a main character, though I think we wouldn't have been, you know, we would have loved to see her be a main character, but this is someone who we saw a couple times, um, and that's Kalar. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Probably the one um, that Daniel's the most broken up of <laughs> over what? everyone we've listed so far. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, you know, we all know who Kalar is, but anyway, so uh, she dies in Reunion, um, I wrote that off of memory, so hopefully I'm right about that. Um, I just like she brought Alexander and then she died. That, I believe that was the episode. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this was, and I, and I know she only was technically only in two episodes. What emissary, and then because uh, we did emissary first, just by the way. Um, but anyway, emissary and uh, reunion, and and then she she died. But I mean, I think she to me, I don't know, and maybe that's just me because I wrote the list. Um, that she that was kind of a scarring death. And it certainly has consequences for, like, everything else that follows, because it's basically Worf, like, you know, blankety-blank to you, Duras family, and I'm going to make this last for the next series and two that I'm in. Um, so, I guess, Daniel, I'll go back to you. What did you think about Kalar's death? You know, the, was it was it powerful? Did it have meaning? What, what, what did it all mean? So, full disclosure, I have a bit of a nerd crush on Susie Plaxon. So yeah. Um, but not only that, I think the Kalar character is actually really fantastic and she's kind of like the proto, uh, Balana, right? Cause she's half human and half Klingon and she's angry. And, uh, but I, 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 like you said, Philip, she's only in two episodes, but she makes such a huge impact and not just because of, you know, Alexander, uh, but just because her character is really strong and her interaction with Worf is great. Uh, and she's just, uh, you know, she's she's very memorable. She has her own person. She does her own thing. She's very independent, but she's very respected by uh, her peers. And I just, I loved the character, and I understand why they killed her in the context of the story. But you know, in my heart, I just wish they didn't have to. Like they could have just, you know, maybe killed Alexander instead. Well, you know, if Alexander had been dead, Worf wouldn't have been like, Kalar, look at that. What is that? <laughs> it's a dead body. Look at it. Stare at it for the next couple of minutes. That's what death looks like, as we did in the reverse situation. 
Um, what about you, Darren? What did you think about the total killing, murder, and death of Kalar? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would have liked to have seen her in more episodes. And, <clears throat> I mean, I have nothing against Bolana Torres, but I, I actually really like the Kalar character better as a as as her portrayal of like a, a half Klingon because I think the way that Susie Plaxon played her was someone who's comfortable in her own skin. Like she had a confidence that resonated with her character that Bellana's character is very much built around like not being comfortable with who she is and struggling with that, which is definitely a way to take the character, but it's, it's not quite to my liking as much as what they did with Kalar and, you know, thus enjoying her character even more. Yeah. It's, it's very, you know, impactful to to Worf uh, you know and and to all the viewers when she is killed and basically starts him on this journey which will you know pick up these threads throughout the rest of TNG um but yeah but i mean if if they'd gone a different direction if she had moved on to the enterprise i mean they got the space uh you know to to <laughs> be uh ambassador or something like that i think uh i think that would have been great i think i would have Love to have seen her be a series regular. It's like, hey, we got a vacancy uh, uh, for a female uh, lead. And then that would have been another female lead in the show. So you would have had, you know, Crusher, Troy, and uh, and Kalar. And, I mean, I'm not talking – I mean, I know Guinan's also female lead, but I'm just saying uh, like – Well, if the, we're just fantasizing, Ro would also be there, so that would be well, great. yes, but and, I'm just saying yeah. – you know what I mean, of the main seven. I think she could be in the main seven. You know, we're talking about the cast. We're not casting something else that you may be thinking of. We're not. We're not doing. We're not creating a holodeck program through <laughs> Alpha Two here. Um, but I mean, and again, so the aftermath there, um, to just to put a point pin on it, um, is you know, so you know, she gets killed, um, and I, I'm trying to remember exactly how. Like, I don't know if Worf just walks in or if he's walking with Alexander, and they're like, "Oh, there's the dead body." But um, but anyway, you know that's that's where um, as I made fun of it, um, you know, Worf does the death howl, um, which you know freaks out little baby Worf, freaks out baby Worf, um, and uh, but then Worf's like, you know, look at it, this is death, you know, um, and all that, and then of course Worf grabs a bat lift, stay stay here, boy, I'll be back. I have to go murder, you know, some revenge here. So you know, grabs a bat lift with Klingon. Yeah, it goes to the Klingon ship and basically bat lifts Duras in the face. Um, so, and that's sort of the, and then, and then you know, Picard gives him a little wrist slap. And that's that's basically the aftermath of that. Mr. Part. Wolf, we don't go bat lifting envoys to the Klingon Empire in the face, okay? Well, no, sir. He just I'm ran sorry. into my bat lift like 20 times. I couldn't stop him. <laughs> you know, and that that's how you vote in a Klingon election. You just kill the other candidate and Galron wins. That's it. That's how it works. Vote for Mayor Galron. Mayor Galron's <laughs> progressive platform. Reelect Mayor Galron. There's like bird of praise flying around with like speakers wired to the top. <laughs> this is Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what I'm referencing, Philip. Galron, you could be mayor one day. Mayor. <laughs> Mayor, yes, I could be up. mayor. Great. Now I see Gowron like working in a malt shop, and he's like with the mop. He just has the big eyes. Mayor, well, I could clean up this empire. This, this empire. Well, I mean, he yeah. Starts, why don't you go clean you know, up that being... blood wine that spilled over down there? 
starts being, you know, a humble Klingon. Taking he, he does take over the Enterprise. I mean, you know, that's, that's <laughs> no small feat. <laughs> I love that we're including VHS games in canon. It it's is totally canon. canon. It's totally canon. <laughs> Not only is it canon, but I saved the Enterprise. Thank you very much. I mean, I mean, he had to go into hiding after that, so he changed his forehead and went by a different name. But it was totally him. I mean, I'll never forget those eyes. You move three spaces. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I, don't, for, I don't think he knew anything about the computers because the way he was pawing at the controls, I'm like, you don't even know what you're doing, buddy. You're just like, boop, boop. Does this do something? What about this? What about this? He's like hitting the main, the main viewer. He's trying to just press the buttons up there. <laughs> Why is this not pinching and zooming? <laughs> Because <laughs> he's wearing the gloves, you gotta have. No, a that's glove. his problem. <laughs> Klingon, but they're fingerless gloves. <laughs> oh, uh, well, where were we? <laughs> was... no, no. Well, well, talking about guest stars. Um, so, I mean, after this, I have basically like a dozen people listed who who died. Um, and I'll let you all pick. I'm just gonna pick one, and, and then y'all can pick whoever you want who may or may not be on the list. Um, but Lieutenant Hawk. And and also, I just want to point out that I think every con officer in the TNG movies dies. Just FYI, because you know generations, it, the con blows up, and so Deanna has to take over. So I guess that guy died. Um, first contact, Lieutenant Hawk. What I'm about to talk about, he died. I guess insurrection he that worked and out. Then died. I mean, that's even worse. <laughs> the hot trill did live in insurrection. Oh, um, thank goodness. But Nemesis. Nemesis, that guy got sucked through the view screen. Okay, that guy died totally. So, um, so it is not good to be a helm officer if there. Do you hear is that, JJ? We did film. it first. I'm sure, <laughs> as he's being sucked out to space, he's going. Why does the bridge have to be on top of the saucer? There's no reason. <laughs> but Lieutenant Hawk, like I know, uh, um, that. And, and I think we've talked about this in the Arboretum um, before that the, I guess there, I don't know if it's a rumor. I think it's for real that there was a a thought during the writing process that he was going to be a gay character. Um, and then that was you know n- not done. And I, and I sort of like had talked to you all about like, yeah, the first gay character and we kill him. So it's probably best that we didn't do that because I feel like that'd be a mixed message. Um, but anyway, but Lieutenant Hulk, I mean, we, you know, we didn't really know him that long. He seemed, you know cool enough i suppose you know he's he's out there on the main deflector doing the thing and then he gets assimilated and then warfapized <laughs> bat left in the face um oh, yeah, that was the uh, i think that was a mock breath or something like that yeah yeah he gets mock bard in the face um <laughs> no he gets phasered i know but anyway still it's funnier to say it that way but anyway so um yeah yeah so i don't know i mean i again it's a movie so people die because apparently that's the rule in star trek movies so anyway but what would you all think about lieutenant hawk or or you can you can even throw in your other favorite helm officer to die because that's what we rank here on earl gray who's your favorite (laughs) helm officer who dies i mean look picard's on that new bridge he has those noom armrests he had just decided that you know what this is a new ship I'm going to actually learn their names this time, and the okay. guy dies. Well, you know, I actually feel most bad for the one who gets sucked out of the view screen. You know why? Because it's not like you're on the Enterprise D, where you're, like, basically in, a in like, launch position in your little lounging chair. No, in the E, they have, like, the three-force wraparound 
console. And if he couldn't hold on to that when the whole, the you know, front, I mean, that's literally like a big catching. It's like a C. It's a big catching C that would, you would think, hold the officers from being sucked into the void of space. Uh, correction, so- Darren. That's blown into space. <laughs> being blown into space you know so yeah common it's mistake, basically sir. it's a design flaw is what it comes down to and i and i feel very bad it, i mean i'm sure when they rebuild the bridge they'll just put a little like tally mark on that console and it's like what is what are these marks sir oh uh, yeah they're uh i i can't tell you <laughs> no, no, no darren you know what happens you just went to i know disney the other the other day what happens is when you, you sit in the con chair and picard comes over and put, lifts the bar down on top of you and so please lift up on your con bar. chair to, <laughs> before we embark he, he clicks it in place is that nice and snug you feel you feel safe and secure there <laughs> so, so that's what he's saying is he's getting uh blown out the front of the he's like why don't we have seatbelts why is that a deleted scene and that's why Riker stands up on them and just he's making sure everything's safe right there when he's, he's standing on the con and the ops he's the safety officer I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's also the safety officer I'm, I'm guessing like maybe the idea was to create a new character for the movie so like he was gonna be like our Savic. is that kind of what the idea was I think maybe but that didn't really pan out very much. It's like you know, it's like the you know chief engineer. Does it really need to have a name that we care about? Not for a couple <laughs> seasons. Darren, con officers are not lobsters. We can name them, okay? <laughs> Once you name them, then you get attached, and before you know it, they're beaming over <laughs> onto the scimitar and sacrificing themselves. I mean, Picard already made that mistake with his ops officer. Come on, guys. The ship flies itself. They're just decoration. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, as, as, as we continue to laugh in the face of death, what about y'all, Daniel or Darren? I don't know, anyone. Any, any particular deaths? I can go down my list if you want. Any particular deaths that jump out for you? either for uh, serious or not serious reasons. You know, one one well, you spelled waffles name wrong. Remember it's waffles, <laughs> not ruffles. Uh, it was ruffles. And, uh, is it, oh, it's waffles. I thought we, I thought it was waffles. It's, it's waffle, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's waffle. but ruffles is just as funny cuz it's <laughs> it like is. super embarrassing. Um and I was trying to remember baby Picard. Who's baby Picard? Uh, he's talking oh, about that's Shinzo. the enemy yeah. in Nemesis. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, I've never heard him referred to as Baby Picard. Um, you know, you know one, one you didn't have, well, two or three you didn't have on this list. Um, from that one episode, you know, when the, you know, uh, hear no evil, a see episode? no evil, uh, speak no evil people. Yeah, I was, just, I was just thinking that, the chorus. Yeah, yeah, those people. Oh. And, yeah, and their death is that's like the grizzly crazy one. brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like, let's all holler back and then they just like about five seconds slow dissolve of their bodies away it would yeah they got star trek two'd right yeah because that's what happens in that movie too oh yeah like terrell yeah or whatever yeah, yeah. Terrell, yeah. It, yeah this is from loud as the whisper the 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 chorus um the of uh, the ambassador yes of course i can't remember the name Riffin, Riffin, i can't remember anyway but yeah yeah that that was particularly grisly um though i don't know we're gonna talk about grisly deaths commander uh uh Commander Remick, I think he wins for Grizzly Deaths. Exploding yeah. after being... Well, at that point, was he really Commander Remick? I mean, it's probably mostly that, that 
that gruesome creature. Although I, the one you listed that I think, you know, is not the most poignant, but just it was a very different way to have it happen would be the, um, the crew members that die in that section of the saucer in uh, Q who, where, I mean, again, it's just all of a sudden, Oh, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this species decided to literally take a core sample out of the enterprise and you got explosive decompressed into space. So, and I think it was like, it was like 14, 18 members. Like it was, I was too lazy to look up the number. Yeah, I it was remember. it was it was right yeah right in like a low low team. Every time we tell it, the store the number gets bigger. I think it was forty seven. <laughs> five hundred people. Q. This lesson should have been taught without the death of five hundred people. But you know that's that's something. The other the other one I thought of was uh, don't some people die in um, lessons uh, with Commander Darren? Oh yeah. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. she survives, but I'm pretty sure not all the teams make it back from that planet with, like, the the solar, like, the death sun, yeah. firestorm, yeah. whatever it was called. Uh, I believe the Paul race were attacking that planet, if I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, Wasn't yes. That right? You just didn't know that it. That was... Um, but, yeah, so that... And at least in that episode, Picard's dealing more... You know, I like seeing Picard deal with the death of... Or, or the near death of members of his crew because it should affect a commanding officer, you know. Expect, I mean, it must be daunting. Like you're the you're the captain of a crew of thousand, you know. That's a lot well, of people. Well, and re- remembering that, and well, the fact that we talked about conspiracy, uh, the whole uh, is it the Odyssey that gets just no? Is that the one in Deep Space Nine that gets destroyed? That's the one in Deep Space Nine. What you're is the, about the, the Yamato? The Yamato. The Yamato. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The Yamato that gets destroyed, and his best, you know, one of his good buddy yeah. captains there, and he was killed. just talking to him. Yeah, it's like the calls coming from inside the ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Darren, I just, I just want to, and I'm this is obvious, but I'll say it anyway. I'm talking about Q Who. I mean, Daniel, when you were talking about Yar, I mean, I feel like those deaths in Q Who are another slap in the face, um, not in a insulting way, but in the harshness where because like, you know, Q has always been, you know, put, you know, we flashes in, he flashes out. Things are the same when he leaves. But this time Picard's like, you know, Q, where can you bring those people back? I'm paraphrasing, bring those people back. And he's like, no, nope, that's really happened. They really died. That's what happens. Welcome to space. It's weird. John Delancey was like looking right at the camera when he said that. It was almost like he was <laughs> breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, but again, I mean, yeah, I think you, that's the harshness. Like, people want to say, well, you know, I'm not going to say they're not always right, but people want to say TNG is comfort hotel and space. We kill people and they stay dead. That's what we do. I mean, it's not as deadly as going to Hogwarts because that place is just messed up. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty dangerous, you know. And, and it's easy to, and a lot of times, like the twenty people that died in Qhu, like, of course, to us, it's not super important because we don't know any of the faces or the names. But like, that changes the whole, like, like Philip, you were just saying, that changes the whole dynamic between Q and Picard. Q, uh, Picard then immediately goes into basically begging mode to get to get them the heck out of there to save the ship, the rest of the people on the ship. And then, of course, asks, asks uh, him to bring them back, but he doesn't do that. But it obviously means a great deal to the people on this ship that they're losing these people, even though it's only you know twenty one out of a thousand or something. But yeah, because there's that scene with um, oh, I'm forgetting her name. Ensign spills hot chocolate Gomez? and uh, 
Is it Gomez? Yes, is that Ensign Gomez? I think if if not, hopefully we're not being sure. racist. Close but yeah, it's Ensign Gomez and and Lieutenant at that time LaForge, where she's like, oh my god, all those people. He's like, look, you can't think about it. We do your, you know, we got to do what we have to do. We'll mourn them later. But yeah, I mean, so that's that's sort of that after effect of those deaths. Was was Yar the first death? I mean, um, I under Picard's command on the Enterprise, or was it the the con officer in um, Encounter? No, he lives in Nigellum. Nigellum? No, he died, didn't he? Yeah, I know he died. I can't remember the name of the episode. I'm sorry. That's why I say Nigellum. <laughs> oh, what is it? Where Silent has lease? I, I think so. I yeah, or Silent has lease. Yeah, yeah. Which is not as loud as a whisper, but close <laughs> don't start don't start Ooh, ooh. I, I just thought i thought of one um the guy that um who who kills himself by jumping into the uh oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Um, the episode that i always forget seven season, season seven yeah um yeah. like memory it's in like my... memories or mind's eye oh <laughs> i was just is that no because i think in mind's eye is the one where laforge kills the or tries to assassinate the klingon guy uh, um, I can't remember. We need to get but some anyway, uh, flashcards. Yeah. Did, wait, didn't you guys titles? just do like rewatches? Come on, guys. I mean, <laughs> man, I wish geez. I wish someone had written like, like not like an associate, but like maybe like a companion or something. Oh, anyway, we'll have to. I'll have to send that in to to someone and request that they did that for TNG. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm just doing some quick scanning here. Um, as far as grizzly stuff, we also have, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, Varia from the most toys. Uh, Varia, we're talking grizzly yeah. deaths. Varia, yeah. yeah. That was that's, like the Verdeon T disruptor. Like that's yeah. no fun. That should be locked up in like a warehouse or something, or dismantled or something. Warehouse thirteen. Well, yeah, um, obviously. I mean, that's the first one I think of. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and we'll, we'll we'll kind of wrap this up here, but I mean, you know, obviously we, we we've been laughing, but I, I I do think TNG does treat death seriously, and I know one last point I wanted to make, um, Lieutenant Astor. I was just thinking that too, yeah. The bonding, yeah. Um, I mean, that whole sh- episode's about death. I mean, honestly, and you know, we sort of have like, here's the dead body puppet, and like, which is kind of freakish, by the way. Um, I mean, I know it's not the actual body, but anyway, but uh, you know, and that one deals with the harshness and reality that death is real and it happens in space, and that's reality. Um, well, but I, I'm gonna, go, go ahead, Darren. I was gonna say, uh, Starship Mine, Hutch. I mean, he's just like he gets like one glancing blast from that, you know, phaser rifle, and he's he's done. You know, and we never see the body. No, <laughs> never see it, the body. No, it had a it had a it had a sheet over it, Philip. I'm sorry to say he he's. Got, I mean, LaForge got shot the same time, and he was like fine. Yeah, but fortunately for him, he's got a contract, so he's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but a lot of people die in Starship Mine. I mean, Picard basically takes out like of Too her. Luck. Well, of her of her crew, everybody dies. Like. Literally every single person, even her at the very end. So, like, that basically a one-way trip uh, for her entire team. Um, but anyway, well, let's, let's just do final thoughts um, about anything, really, about uh, death and TNG. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, since you're appropriately jovial, I'll, you first. Just any any final thoughts about the deaths, the for-real deaths in The Next Generation, both the TV and movie series? 
actually, I think TNG has a it actually does a pretty good job uh, dealing with a lot of issues that that come along with it. Um, you know, sometimes they drop the ball. We we joke a lot about Jeremy Astor and probably the insane amount of counseling he's going to need after that episode. But we never see him again, even though Worf kind of adopts him, um, which is too bad because I didn't they... see any paperwork. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> All their paperwork on on Kronos is done with pain sticks, so uh, you know. But uh, so that's something they could have followed up on, but they didn't. But but even the, even so, Philip's right. That whole episode is about death and how does how does one deal with it, you know? And we and we get these things all the time. We we mentioned Q Q who and they lose some crew members, and then of course Yar, who we see. So I actually do think there's a. I was I was just going to say a good amount of death, but that's a terrible thing to say, I, you know. But I think it's fairly represented that space is dangerous. That even though we have families with us, even though this twenty fourth century flying Hilton looks comfortable and fun and great, uh, it, it's it's a it's a real hazard. It's a real risk to to do these things, and these people are are taking their lives into their their hands when they go on these missions. Um, and so while, you know, it might be nice to, to, to go on the holodeck at any point, you could get shot there. So, uh, you know, the safeties will fail. So, uh, just remember that. So it's true. Uh, isn't there, did he die on the holodeck? That one officer or did no. he barely, he, he barely survived. He lived, he uh, barely made even it. though, even though there was a doctor there, but she was like, I can't do anything. Without say, literally of all the people you'd want to be next to you in that emergency situation. And she was the most useless doctor in that moment. <laughs> we, we all what know about you, we'd rather have near Sorgawa help us. So, um, no, I, I agree with Daniel. I felt that, I mean, not to, to, TNG doesn't trivialize death, but it uses it as a story tool. Like I, I, I do think they could have, we could have seen the impact of it a little more, like on the emotions of of the command crew. Uh, I mean, I would have liked to seen that. Uh, not that they have to like sulk around for a couple episodes after every any character dies, but I, I think you know it. By comparison, if no one had ever died in all of TNG, like that would have just been like. It would have made sense. Uh, you, you know, you, you need used properly. You know, death is a good tool in storytelling, uh, but unless it's you know, data. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course we have all of Wolf three five nine. You know, all of those oh, deaths right. that certainly only a model resonates. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, I'm not going to say it's been fun because, you know, we've had fun. But So we've had fun, though it's not necessarily been fun, talking about death. But it's not the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. So here's just a quick look at what else you may have missed here on Trek.fm this week. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. But instead of it being a human being prejudiced against Vulcans because... The Romulans look like Vulcans. The Vulcans are taking advantage of themselves looking like Romulans in order to be racist against Romulans. Earl Grey. So, so he's got the two armrests, and the right one says little, you know, Ensign, you know, Lamont, and the little arrow. <laughs> and then the one on the on the left says Lieutenant Commander Data. <laughs> like a little arrow. The orb. But when they pull away from that window with Jake and Kira, and they pull away from the station, it's like they're closing the book. They're, they're actually closing the back cover of the book, and it's the end of the story. To the journey! 
How do you feel, Char, about the Borg Queen? Oh boy, I think the longer that I have watched Star Trek, the more I'm in the camp of I don't know if I like her. The Ready Room. They want you to come across on Archer's side where he can be mad at Trip, but I have a really hard time being Archer being mad at Trip because just think of if we still treated you know people of a different race like this. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. That can honestly be the reason they brought Wesley, because Wesley's got nothing else going for him there. I mean, yes, he can lead those kids, but that's just going to be by virtue of his age, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's 15 years old. Of course, all the other kids are going to look up to him, at least for a while. And then if he ends up being a total tool, then they won't. Commentary, Trek stars. Yeah, yeah well, the learning curve was never meant to be a season one finale. They were going to do the 37s, and then UPN wanted to open season two with it, and that totally didn't work either. Man, you gotta, you got to say, UPN really ooped it up. Literary Treks. What Jerry Taylor talks about with Catherine Janeway's life is it's kind of a series of her relationships. I mean, she should be doing all sorts of fantastic things, right? And instead, we're learning about her boyfriends. Melodic Treks. But there's a whole host of, of people that appear in Star Trek. As I said, most of it is classic courses for the Vivaldi, Strauss, Trojkovsky, um, Harry Kim. The 602 Club. This really does have an impact on, I think, the entire you know, comic book world. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns still have a huge impact in the way that people view Batman today. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show, and of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek.fm. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible 
for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, guys, we have some more feedback from our wonderful listeners, and we thank everyone who leaves us iTunes reviews and who emails us. It, it gives us great joy and gives us motivation to keep on doing it. I mean, we would do it anyway, but this gives us even more motivation to do it. So this one is from, and as always, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing things, um, Dylan Exner of Ohio. That's a state in the U.S. Um, and this is what he says. He says, I have a topic suggestion for Earl Grey. Data's lack of a promotion. Many other characters, Geordi, Worf, Wesley, receive promotions over the course of the series, not to mention most of the characters on TOS. But Data was a lieutenant commander from Season 1 to Nemesis. Why? My answer is Positronic Ceiling. What, what is y'all's answers? Well, I mean, did we mention he was just about to become the first officer? I mean, I think it, he didn't yeah, have Commander like Pips on in 15 Nemesis. years. But uh, it, it did happen. Either way, he gets a professorship at uh, at Cambridge at some point, so he'll be he'll be doing okay for himself. So every time he communicates with Picard afterwards, he's like met personal message sent from Cambridge Earth, just to, like rub it in Picard's face every time he <laughs> talks to him. We make our tea for real here. All right, um, Daniel. If somebody wants to talk to you about your holodeck program with the Kalar hologram, how can they reach you on the interwebs? Well, I'll probably be busy with my Kalar hologram, but you could try uh, on Twitter, and that is at uh, One Up Dan. That's the number one, not the word. All right, and Darren, if people want to talk with you about creating their own altar to uh, commemorate Data's death, where can they reach you? Um, they can go to my altar website called Data Be Gone. That's the letter B, and then uh, gone is spelled without any vowels because that's how the kids do it nowadays. But uh, no, they can reach me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And um, if anyone wants to talk to me about um, any of the deaths on TNG, they can reach me on Twitter. My handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no closure. Um, well, guys, I uh, I have to go give some uh, sad news to someone. I have to go tell them uh, Star Trek Nemesis exists. So anyway, I'll see you all next week. Until then, make it so. Live long and prosper. Endgame. Fire. Fire.